I never had to, to deal with anxiety ever. Never even knew what it was. And then for about two weeks straight, I remember dealing with a chest pain that I felt was something was wrong with me. I learned at a young age to not talk about things. And as a leader for a long time, you don't talk about it. It's a sign of weakness. But finally, I just said, I, there's something wrong. And at that moment, I just said to myself, I'll do, try anything yeah. uh, to make myself better, figure this out. Spiritually, God has his, you know, his time, it's on his timing, not my timing. The views and opinions in this podcast do not represent the Department of Defense, Department of the Navy, or United States Marine Corps. After their deployment in 2008, some called them the Forgotten Battalion. But the Marines and sailors of the United States Marine Corps' 2nd Battalion and 7th Marine Regiment reject the way the Forgotten Battalion moniker encourages that narrative of broken veterans. Instead, these warriors simply want to be remembered for the mission they accomplished and for the honor with which they have served their country and their corps. The majority of 2-7 veterans continue to reflect on their experiences while living their lives and pressing forward. These are their personal stories of resilience, with insight to healthy coping and living with hope. Welcome to the Warriors Roundtable. Today on the Roundtable, part two of our interview with former 2-7 Staff Sergeant Marcus Hernandez. I think that if veterans are more open to talking about what it is they went through, you'll never know what you can learn from somebody else and what you can relate to. Yeah. to them about and I feel you know the misconception of no one's going to understand is is really just you know that it's a misconception on both ends mm. and really a way of just keeping yourself down keeping yourself you know in that negative state of no one's going to understand because that's where it's going to keep right. um, if so. you if I, I imagine you might have uh, both husbands and wives for those who are of your Marines who are married, uh, or even those who aren't, you know, they've got family. It's probably a similar situation. They may not want to talk to mom or dad or siblings. If you were to sit and talk with them right now, what would you say to your Marine who, like you, feels like, I don't, you know, part of me wants to talk, but no, I'm not going to say anything or I don't want to say anything. And what would you say to the wife or the family member that was sitting there? Uh, I would first tell the Marine that, uh, you know, try to learn from my experience, you know, and give them the advice that, you know, it's, it's okay to talk about things as hard as it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, even if you have to write them down and then give them to your, to your spouse or your family member. And I would tell, you know, a spouse or family member, don't, don't be, don't accuse them of, you know, not wanting to talk. I think that makes it even worse. Mm. I know, or, you know, don't give them that. You don't want to talk to me about it. Cause I don't understand that. I think, yeah, that makes me not want to talk and be patient. I think with patience and love, it definitely will happen. And I think that's what happened to me. My, she wasn't patient, my wife, but <laughs> she, I mean, she was patient enough to where I finally was able to open up and I had to be okay with myself first before you know, and I, I would say, you know, to any spouse or family member is keep encouraging them, you know, encouragement yeah. is going to go, it isn't negative in any way, but if you put them, 
individual down for not talking about what they're going through or say, Oh, you're just, you have PTSD. That's why you're doing. I think those, those types of statements, those right. youth statements are what prevents guys or girls that are dealing with PTS, you know, prevents them from wanting to talk about it is those you, a you statement. You, you're only doing this for whatever reason or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I think. Yeah, I think you're right. It sort of puts them in a box, gives them a label, doesn't treat them as a as a person. It uh, and it almost feels like you're being sort of patronized. You talk a little bit about how you had to get help for yourself first. You had to figure some things out for yourself first. Could you talk a little bit about the kind of things that you have done, either since your last deployment or since retiring, that have helped you? So for me, it was a lot of things. I, uh, I remember asking for help. I think it came to that point. Uh, I felt like I was, uh, never had to, to deal with anxiety ever. Never even knew what it was. Uh, and then for about two weeks straight, I remember dealing with a chest pain that I felt was something was wrong with me mm. and it came out of nowhere. I think I was back in 29 palms and trying to, you know, figure things out. My marriage was not, I would say that was another part of it. I had lost a little brother, uh, prior to that, uh, prior to me going to 29 Palms. And I think it was accumulation where, you know, I gave the analogy of a steam pot, uh, or of a kettle pot that I could only hold so much in. I learned at a young age to not talk about things. And as a leader for a long time, you don't, talk about it. It's a sign of weakness. And I think that's mm-hmm. one thing the Marine Corps is good at doing. Mission first is always the thing. Um, but finally, I just said, I, there's something wrong. And I worked at the time I was in Afghanistan and I worked for army colonel and he suggested that I seek, you know, uh, I think it was deployment health or deployment stress, whatever it was with the army. And they found out I wasn't sleeping and there was a lot of other things involved in there. And that was kind of my first step. They kind of led me down the path of getting some help, but at the same time, I also felt like a failure for asking for help. Mm. I think I felt worse at once I asked for help, I felt worse. And I really went into a deeper hole. Uh, I call it a deep, dark hole. I went into the deeper hole because more and more, nothing was going, what I thought was I'm doing everything, but nothing's working. Yeah. Um, so I went to a lot of counseling, went to, I got placed in uh, outpatient over at Wounded Warrior there at Pendleton, uh, where I went to outpatient care for two months. And that's where I kind of learned to talk about things and kind of be open to things. And uh, I think one of the things that I felt like I didn't want to one of the biggest things I felt is I didn't want to be a burden to anybody because I was tired of feeling this way. And I remember telling that to a therapist and I go, I just don't want to be around here no more. I don't want to be on this earth no more because I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to burden anybody. Mm-hmm. And I think when I got to that point, you know, she made a statement of, you know, think about your kids. Uh, think about these things, but think about, you know, if you do decide to do that, you know, we're, your kids have, there's a higher probability of your children to follow the same path. And 
I'll never forget. I cried my eyes out for a good while after that, almost like the rest of the day. Just I, I couldn't figure out why I was where I was. And at that moment, I just seen, said to myself, I'll do, try anything to make myself better, figure this out. Um, so I did a lot of self-help things. I read books. I read a lot of things. I went to a couple different therapists. You know, I did some acupuncture. I did, you know, a variety of different things. I talked about it more with other individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went to Mighty Oaks retreat there in uh, Paso Rebels. I did that. And I learned a lot there as well. And I learned more from you know, the guys that I was there with that were dealing with the same things. I think a lot of what I felt was I was the only one dealing with this and no one would understand Mm -hmm. what I'm dealing with. And I was, it was, you know, that false, it was a negative thing that was, I was lying to myself in that aspect. Um, When I found out there was other individuals dealing with the same things that I was dealing with, I think that opened up, you know, for me, it helped me open up about everything that I dealt with Mm -hmm. uh, from the time I was a kid to, you know, present day. Um, But I, you know, even now I've, you know, I get with other veterans, I work with veterans groups and I talk with them, give them my experience and I go over things, you know, how I kind of open myself up and not close myself off. Sure. Um, now you so you referenced Mighty Oaks, if if I'm remembering rightly, uh, correctly. That was started by a former, is it a recon marine? Former recon marine Chad Robichaud. Very good program, especially if you're at the point where you'll just try anything. And I went there with an open mind, an open heart, and definitely came out a lot better. Definitely. You have other combat vets who are have experienced combat stress that are, that are in there with you. And I'm, I imagine that was a big part of the okay. healing process for you was just being with other people who had gone through the same thing and were at the same point in life where they realized whatever they were doing wasn't working and they needed to, to reach out for, uh, for some help and, and, and talk a little bit about what their, their experiences and what was going on internally. Was there anything in particular about that program or any of the programs that you've been through that you found helpful? Was there anything that was a sort of a, a milestone moment for you in your own growth process? I would say just, oh, I've taken something from every program. I wouldn't say mm-hmm. there's one particular thing. And I think that's how individuals should look at it as. There's yeah. not a pill. There's not one thing that is going to help an individual it is several different things and opening up and then mixing those up to make the better you and i think that's what i've done to make the better version of me is try a little bit of everything because i i I mean i got put on a lot of medication for what i was dealing with i think i had like five different medications and i got i was couldn't even get out of bed Mm. And I'd never been that way in my life. You know, I can go back. You know, I had a paper route when I was 11. And Mm. I was always first one up, that type of person. And I was struggling at getting up at 8 o'clock in the morning, which was not me. And I finally got to the point, even after I retired, was to dump everything. And I picked up physical, a little bit more physical fitness and started working with other veterans, trying to help them give back 
to them and just being around other like-minded individuals uh, that have the same experiences uh, that may or may not be going through what you're going through already or what you had gone through mm-hmm. and trying to help them. And I think just like you, you know, if you're in the Marine Corps or if you're still active duty, it's, you're always trying to help the guy next to your left, to your left and right. And I think that's how I look at it now. I'm always trying to help an individual to my left or right, even, even now that I'm out. And I think finding that purpose is probably the most beneficial thing is finding a purpose of, you know, wanting to continue to give, uh, give back in a, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find now from a different perspective, we talked a lot about combat, combat stress, uh, your growth process. And I love what you had to say about how it really is sort of a, a multidiscipline approach or, you know, you've got to bring different solutions to bear on the problem. It's, it's never or rarely, you know, one sort of single thing that, that uh, helps us grow. It's a, you know, it's just like with anything else. Physically, if I want to grow, I've got to eat right. I've got to work out. I've got to get enough sleep. I got to hydrate. It's the same with our, our emotional or spiritual selves. Uh, It's sort of a multidisciplinary approach. But on a a different note, when you think back to those experiences, is there anything you're thankful for? Was there anything in those experiences that's made you a better person? I've never even thought of it that way. <laughs> I would say, sir, that I think it's all molded me to who I am today. I, I, I don't know that I can say one particular experience. Um, oh, actually, I can. It was uh, an individual that said, I, it was one a person just, and I, it was my friend Mikhail, who's a ranger, uh, who, start, who started Ranger Road. And I remember complaining to him about going to VA appointments and having to continue to talk about things. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I was just in a negative state of mind. And the guy is super positive, And he just said, and it was just a text message. He just like, just know that you did everything you could that day. He's like, there's no doubt in my mind that you, you made the best decision. And, mm. and to be honest, I don't think I've ever been told that. And I think that was like the, breakthrough moment of I think that was the breakthrough moment for me to get out of this it's my fault they got hit it's my fault you know these guys you know didn't do this or do that while we were on deployment and I think I just I kept loathing and using that as a I guess a way of trying to better not better myself just stay in that state of mind Mm -hmm. and I didn't know that I was doing that until you know, he had told me that and it was just, I'll never forget. I went home and I told my wife and I was like, I've never felt so like I've never had anybody just say you did everything you could that day. I may have, but I don't think I was ready for it. Mm. Um, And I think, you know, I spiritually God has his, you know, his time it's on his timing, not my timing. Yeah. I think that's what happened. Well, you know, it's amazing. We we have an incredible capacity to think that everything is within our control. And if we had just done something differently, there would have been a different outcome. You mentioned um, sort of just in passing Ranger Road. Uh, I've not been there, but another great resource for folks to potentially tap into. Yeah. So it's a non-veteran nonprofit here in the Northern California area, but kind of go everywhere, uh, do different things. And it's getting guys together to 
physical fitness activities, kind of share that camaraderie all over again. We do all sorts of different things. We do a lot of hunting, uh, scuba diving, skydiving, and it's bringing the veterans together and, you know, doing things that maybe they wouldn't do or didn't want to get off the couch to do. Yeah. Uh, and we joke and tease each other, each service, and it's a good group of guys. It's, and you don't, you get around these guys or other, some of the veterans that are, you know, wounded in some fashion and, you know, you make it look like it's almost, it's not so bad anymore. I'm with the guys again, or I'm with the girls again or whatever, you know, whatever yeah. it is, we're around each other again. We're joking, we're teasing and Hey, we're going to go run or we're going to go do this together, but it's sharing that shared adversity all over again. And I think probably most Marines miss and most service members miss that shared adversity of yeah whatever it is they went through because a lot of what i have found so far everything is individual outside the military unless mm -hmm. you're part of a team but that shared adversity of the cold night in bridgeport that you right. guys were you know <laughs> snuggling in a sleeping bag you right. know you never forget it but you're thankful for it and you joke about it and mm -hmm. you know people don't understand you know how could you like that you just it's you share things with you know with Marines or service members that you would not share with, you know, whatever it is, but you know, whatever team you're a part of. And I learned this from Matt O'Donnell is, you know, I've been a part of a team my whole life, sports, everything. So if you create a team around you, then that is going to be your team. There's going to be shared adversity. There's going to be triumphs and tribulations and, you know, you're going to be th that much of a better team. And right. I think, I learned so much from Matt, even when we were working together on a mountain in Afghanistan, that it's like I try to still carry that forward. It's that team concept of life. I mean, that's, I think there's, you know, almost like your own tribe, building people around you that are going to help you out, people that are going to lead you to, to better yourself, not to a negative area. If somebody's listening to this and feeling that sense of disconnectedness, what would you recommend for them as a way of getting maybe reconnected or for Marines from two seven, I'm thinking even most specifically, what would be something you'd encourage them to do to try to make sure they get reintegrated with that, that network? I would say try to go back to who you were before you joined, not saying mm. getting into the bad stuff, but I think you have to go back to what you liked your hobbies. And I'll talk specifically. We have a Marine that we work with here. He's a, double amputee um, and he liked scuba diving. And so we assisted him in, you know, getting a certification to be an instructor. Mm -hmm. And now he's instructing veterans on, on diving. Um, okay. You have to do what your true love was or what your hobbies were before you joined. And everybody has a hobby mm -hmm. for the most part, I would say. And I think, you know, for me, I was baseball. I loved baseball yeah, and loved going to games. And, you know, I've gone, since I've been out, I've gone to spring training the last couple of years, spring training trip in Arizona, take my boys to baseball games as much as I can, whether it be a triple A high school game, something where they're around sports and yeah. to see them enjoy it as much as I do. And sometimes it's, just giving them candy and sit down, but yeah. <laughs> I still enjoy the game and I enjoy it so much that it's like almost it's 
it's like therapy and it's also you know finding new things uh you know there's the ocean going to the ocean doing something there you know opening yourself up to something new or something you might like right uh, i think we find that a lot with working with veterans what what did you used to like or what did you want to try to do that you haven't done you know that type of thing and i think that's how you start breaking individuals out of their shell is would you like to do before, you know, before you started feeling like this or where you didn't want to do anything anymore? You know, what'd you do before you joined the military? That type of thing. So that's what I think would help an individual break, break out of that shell. Um, but Start to reconnect with people, maybe with some like-mindedness. And the other thing I love about what you just said, it's, it's kind of, it's unrelated to the relational aspect, but a lot of times I find that when, when, People get stuck because of reliving either an event or a series of events uh, in, of, that they experience in deployment. When, when they become depressed, a lot of times what happens is they have allowed a, either an event or a, a season of life to define who they are rather than it being a part of who they are. It, inevitably, it will always, it's going to be a, a permanent part of you and your story, but but it's not you. There's so much more to Marcus Hernandez than what he did in a deployment or, you know, in the worst moment you might have had in Afghanistan or even your whole time in the Marine Corps. There's so much more. And it by doing what you just suggested, finding things that you enjoyed doing before you ever even became a Marine or a soldier or an airman or whatever, a sailor, you essentially continue to live your life you continue to write your story and you don't allow yourself to be defined by a, a moment or a season and i think that's a really important part to to moving on you know you're never going to extract the the combat stress or the post-traumatic stress that you experience uh from the from who you are but you can continue to grow from it so I like, that's that's really neat we can always link it in show notes afterwards, but is there uh, a way that folks could get in touch with Ranger Road specifically? Uh, RangerRoad.org. You can look us up. You can look them up on there on the internet on there. Okay. Um, okay other things great. that I think um, that I used to do at a younger age too, sir, was anniversary dates of different events that happened in my life. I think upon, uh, a big thing amongst service members is drink, you know, drink it away. Yeah. Uh, and it became such a habit that started getting into my life and how I felt about things, but never cured anything. It just made it worse. Um, and I think if individuals, instead of maybe drinking their, you know, celebrate it. And I think what I've changed in my life is I don't drink anymore on, on anniversary days, mm. um, significant events. I, you know, instead I, either have a nice dinner with my family specifically and I talk about it of what happened because I mean, other it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to get any better. Yeah. by drinking it away every year. Uh, in fact, you're just, you know, worse, making it worse for yourself. But I have found that if I make a celebration of it or a dinner of it and, you know, talk about it, you know, my, my sons or my family will know why we're sitting down today. Mm -hmm. And that's what I found. And it's a lot of it's habit breaking those old habits of 
what we did to deal with the the bad stuff. And I yeah. think that that would help individuals as well is breaking those bad habits of what we do to to think of, you know, the guys that didn't come home or yeah. anything like that or anything, you know, traumatic. And that takes a lot of self-awareness to be able to identify those things first, but then the humility to be able to say, I know that on this day or in these moments, this is not a good, I, I'm not at a good place. And, and me, and you're in the specific case that you just mentioned, me having alcohol is not a good idea. Even if maybe that's the tradition from your experience with the folks you grew up with or your family or the Marine Corps, it really doesn't matter. If you know that, that uh, that's something that you need to sort of protect yourself from, to, to keep yourself from spiraling down in those, those bad moments, you have to be, you got to absolutely be intentional about it. That's, that's good. And on the positive, like you also indicated, not just avoiding the things that cause you to further spiral, but reaching out to those people and resources that can kind of buoy you in those times. Mm -hmm. You know, you wouldn't go into combat without your Kevlar, your flak and Kevlar. You wouldn't knowingly drive or walk right into an ambush. You know, once you have the information, once you know that something is a, an area of, of weakness, you do what you can to then protect yourself from allowing yourself to be hurt by that in the future. And that's a great recommendation. As we kind of wrap this up, Marcus, going forward, there may be young men who listen to this who have not yet been to combat, haven't even done their first deployment. What would you share with them if, if you had an opportunity to give them words of wisdom for Marcus Hernandez? Uh, I would say first, you know, it's there's nothing in the world that's like it, sharing those moments with the guy to your left and your right. Mm. But don't, you know, don't keep those moments to yourself. Get them down on paper, but make sure you, you get them out. Don't hold it in. Uh, because it's not going to do, for one, it's not going to do that individual mm-hmm. any good. It's just going to, you know, especially if it's something bad, you got to talk about it. And I think whether you, you know, you talk about it with your God, with you write it on paper, your family, we, you got to have somebody to talk about it with. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest thing that, that I didn't do. and you know, from, you know, basically what, 15 years of, or 12 years of combat dealing with that, put on with how I grew up, you know, I didn't talk about it with anybody. And, you know, I, I got to a point in my life where I didn't want to deal with it anymore. And it was the wrong point. And I should not have waited that long. Mm. I think that's what I would tell somebody, you know, that first come into the military and, was asking for advice and, you know, surround yourself with people that, that are going to allow you to talk about it and they're going to call you out when you are, when they know you're bad. Yeah. And I think keeping those things, keeping those things in mind would make it, I think they would help out a lot of people. I know it would help me out if I had known, you know, years ago, but you know, with 
God's, you know, God's timing. That's not what he wanted. He wanted me to learn. So, and that's what I've done. Well, it's, you know, we often, like you said earlier, we often think uh, talking about this stuff is a sign of weakness and it actually takes a very strong person to sort of be able to, to face that, the, the, the darkness, the monster, the, the, these challenges in, in your own emotions and, and not, not be afraid of them or not being afraid of what somebody else might think of your, uh, your reputation uh, it actually is a i i believe it's a, a sign of of real strength and then you allow others your your fire team essentially to come in and and come alongside of you and support you and there's nothing like it that's great well marcus i want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me to uh, talk a little bit about your story much more importantly i'm sure that folks who are listening can take a lot of things from it they can not only hear your story, but probably make points of contact to their own life and their own challenges, their own adversity, and how to overcome it. And I also want to thank your lovely bride for being willing to take care of the <laughs> yeah. take care of the two boys while you you pulled out for an hour and a half or so, and and we had a chance to catch up and talk. So I look forward to chatting again. And if you'd be willing, sometime in the future, maybe we can do this again. Of course. No worries. Thank you for having me.